Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 155. We're your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. What's up, ladies? What's up? What's up? Yay! It it was so sad last time, Jen, where we said, "I'm Sarah, I'm Kristen," and then and silence. It was silence. <laughs> yes. Welcome back. My bad. Did you tell them the reason why? Yep, I sure did. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot and was in San Francisco getting drunk. <laughs> how yeah. far is as from those east? young people do <laughs> how far is mm. san francisco from where you stay by car an hour actually even by train like an hour and an hour and a half there's no way you would have made it <laughs> oh i yeah. know <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like i'm on my way sorry and i was like san francisco she's not gonna make it it's okay i was like i didn't say i was on my way i was like i, you, I don't know i was like, uh, like i'll try to make it or something like that and i was like only no. along those lines and i was like no don't don't it's okay don't mm-hmm. no i was like an hour just to record a podcast now man you stay and enjoy yourself it's fine i did i did enjoy myself <laughs> that's cool I'm well so- deserved Excellent. definitely all right, and Jen is starting summer school as well, so she has a lot on her plate. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It is what uh, it is. If I want to graduate on time, I have to do this, and I have to. Pass oh, I had to do summer school to graduate on time mm-hmm. um, for two summers, and oh my goodness! Because when I first started, nobody told me ever. Okay, they tell you twelve credits, twelve units is a full uh, full time student. Student, but what they don't tell you is that doing 12 units only will not get you to graduate. So I was so many units behind when it was finally time for me to, um, to start thinking about what I needed for graduation. And at that point in time, finally, my, my counselor is like, um, you've only been taking 12 <laughs> units. <laughs> what I'm do like, you mean only? Yes, only. It's a full freaking full-time student. And she's like, mm not no. not gonna happen so yeah i had to do summer school twice and just so i could graduate and i didn't even graduate on time i graduate i had to go four years and one quarter Ooh. well i didn't go to college <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> i had the school of life and man is it kicking my ass <laughs> <laughs> we're all in that school yep <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana, and I bring you some chisme. Um, Well, as you guys all know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars series is in full effect. I think it's on episode three as of right now, and I'm loving the heck out of it. Little Leia, I still don't know little Luke yet, but little Leia is like a little saucy little thing. (laughs) And uh, I like her relationship with Obi-Wan. So anyway, that's that is uh, some good cheese, but also Disney Plus is coming out with a bunch of stuff. So Miss Marvel is coming out June 8th. So look for that on your Disney Plus. And then Chic Hulk, Attorney at Law, August 17th. Um, Hocus, Hocus Pocus 2, guys, that's coming out. It's September 30th, but I don't know if the original actors are going to be on the Hocus Pocus 2. 
Um, I just got on the Hocus Pocus bandwagon because I never saw the movie before. Are so. you serious? Yeah. I mean, I oh saw snippets goodness. of it, but uh, I finally saw it and I was like, hey, this is pretty good. I see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> uh, the oh. One I'm, uh-huh. oh, no, go ahead. The one I'm really looking forward to is Willow. That comes out November 30th, 2022. And I love Val Kilmer, but I don't know if he's going to be in this one. And I don't know if it's a series or if it's a movie. Or just a remake. So um, I didn't read up on this. I'm a little sick. All I got was the list. So <laughs> I, did, I didn't do any further research. So this this chisme is half-assed is a, what I'm trying to say. What were you going to oh, say? What I thought you were going to say as far as chisme goes was something that uh, Eddie was mentioning to me about Obi-Wan. Um, apparently there, I haven't watched any of it. So I'm not at all privy to any of the actors or the storyline or anything, but apparently there's a black actress that is on the show and she's getting a lot of racist hate mail uh, right now. And a lot of like social media stuff and like basically people telling her that she was just a diversity hire and just a whole bunch of weird, crazy gatekeeping fanboy nonsense so much so that you and McGregor had to come out um, and just be like, you know what, if you're any of the people who are basically harassing this woman, you are not a real star Wars fan. So yeah, there is just a lot of weird stuff going on right now. So that's the cheese. I thought you were going to say when, when you started with Obi-Wan. Yeah, I know. I heard about that. I read about that. And it's really sad that a lot of people take it to the internet again, like always and talk shit and say a lot of really mean things. And, you know, that shit really hurts the people it's affecting. Um, you know, she's a Harvard graduate, I believe. And she oh, wow. like, is a really talented actress. And for them to say like she has stuff under her belt. Mm-hmm. It's not like some woman they just, you know, even if they did do that, if she has talent, it doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, she's not a d- diversity hire. She's amazing. There's a lot of passion behind that. There's a lot of development there that I want to see more in the series. And they're just assholes. They're just being assholes. Even like there are a lot of people who are coming out and support. There's some cast from Star Trek, some of the Star Trek shows that are coming behind her. They're like, you know, this isn't right. Like this isn't how the future is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not just one color, you know, and, you know, it's just, it's just, oh, I don't even know what to say. It just, it makes me so tired just like reading all of that hate. And I don't, I just hope that she rises above it and it doesn't affect her as much as it would affect somebody like me. If, if I read that shit, yeah, it would be like, I'd really have to train myself in order not to even go on the internet or whatever. But like, there's a lot of posts about it and stuff like that. A lot of people are sharing shit. So, I mean, all I can say is that like, I enjoy her work. I'm enjoying the series and fuck y'all. If you think this is a diversity hire and fuck y'all, if you don't think she's fucking talented and you know what, if you don't fucking like it, then don't fucking watch it. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I'm a little sick. <laughs> I'm a little sick. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really feel strongly about this. I watched it both in English and Spanish. I watched mm-hmm. it in English by myself and in Spanish with my husband. And he's fucking the love. At, he's fucking the love at it. He's fucking loving it. And I love I love it. I, I'm really loving it. I'm so glad they're, that they're doing this series because it. I mean, I didn't see the Clone Wars, the animated part of stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be like a really uh, kind of new um, kind of in the time of Star Wars kind of uh, epic timeline for me. So, um, yeah, if you don't like it, if you don't want to see black or brown or yellow or red or green or purple on your freaking TV, then fucking don't watch it. Don't fucking watch it. 
I don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a little passionate about this. But no, yeah, no, she's freaking talented. She has stuff under her belt. She's she she's. I mean, I guess what you would say is like she's done her work. She's, you know, earned her spot in the uh-huh. spotlight, you know. But anyway, so that was the cheese that Kristen brought. And I'm all flustered and <laughs> um, I have the sweat on, on top of my lip. You know, the one you get when you get all nervous yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that has been our cheese All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? On My Radar this week is a brand new book by one of my favorite um, horror writers. And I think that we were talking about him with another book that he came out with recently. But James Tinian has done it again with his new uh, horror book called The Closet. Now, this is uh, only a limited three issue series. Uh, it came number one came out just this last Wednesday, which was the first. Um, and it is a tale of existential familial horror. Um, Tom is uh, the dude that we're introduced to in the beginning, and we find out he's moving cross country with his family and taking um, his son Jamie and wife with him, but. Jamie is seeing monsters in his bedroom closet and we kind of in the first issue, it's only three issues again. So the first issue had a kind of a lot of setting up of the storyline to go. Um, But little Jamie keeps wanting to sleep with his parents and um, they're just like kind of over it. They're like, no, you have to sleep in your room. And, you know, we're busy. We're, we're packing, we're moving. And, um, and so, but Jamie's like, I'm, I'm scared. I'm really scared. And of course, as parents do, they're like, no, you got, you have your own bed. You need to sleep there. Um, but as readers, we can see what's really going on. And we actually do see something that is in the closet and it's super creepy. And the way that it interacts with Jamie is super creepy. And at the end of the issue, you are left, um, pretty much assuming that this thing is going to travel with them wherever they're moving. It was such a really good first issue. I'm really sad that it's only three issues long, but um, I really enjoyed it. And I'm really looking forward to where it's going, uh, where it's going to go in the next two issues. So the closet by James Tinian and the, um, the artist is Gavin Fullerton. That sounds creepy. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that, those like Japanese animation horror movies. No, those Japanese horror movies where there was this one where the uh, the ghost was like on the person's shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like it feels like it's going to like latch on that way. Yeah. Like a little <laughs> a little scary, a little scary. But sounds good for three issues. I think you should we should pick it up. All right, guys, now it's time for what time is it? Kristen. <gasps> Es la hora de la cervecita. Yay. And this is so cool. This, I, I feel like we should be like, wah, 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 because it's all city. The, the beer is called City of Champions. And on the cover art, on the can art, are a whole bunch of trophies and different 
kind of, um, I guess, just trophies that the different teams that are here local to Los Angeles have won over the years. So we, we have um, baseball champions, we have basketball champions, and we have hockey champions here from Los Angeles. So it's super cool um, that that's what this beer is named and that it has all of them. I even see, I think, is the Stanley Cup on here? I don't think so. I don't know. There's so many weird stuff on there. Could be in there, but I can't tell. But so this is City of Champions, and it is uh, Crowns and Hops Brewing Company, um, and it is a double IPA. Um, This is a remix of their juicy IPA recipe full of tropical notes and a traditional hop signature made popular by West Coast IPA. Uh, This this beer was brewed for people and the champions of Inglewood, California, a city full of diversity, swag, hustle, resilience, progressiveness, and love. So cheers to the champions of Inglewood. <laughs> Inglewood, Inglewood, always up to no good. Uh, so, oh, it feels amazing to be back on top, it says on the can, but that's also what she said. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, I picked this up at, uh, I was looking for it actually at, at Crowns, uh, the Crowns, Corks, Corks, Corks and Caps, but they didn't have it there. I called twice and they didn't have it. I ended up finding this, finding this one at BevMo and they also had it at uh, beer, uh, Wine and More, I believe it's called. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so I was really excited because I saw them release it and they put it on their Instagram and stuff. So I was like excuse me i was like i'm down let's do this i just came back from um new orleans i'm trying to say it right new orleans and uh you know when the band or some the 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 uh the live band or the live singer asked the crowd where are you from my favorite was like compton california (laughs) (laughs) and people are like the compton i'm like yes the compton but uh, yeah, every time I say something like that, I always think like there's always such pride when we say like Inglewood or Compton or South Central or, you know, it's just uh, it's, it's really cool. This is like the yeah. the black and female owned brewery uh, Crowns and Hops. Um, so they are working on their tap room in Inglewood. So I'm very excited for that. Whenever they open that, I'm going to be right there drinking some beer. But what do you guys think so far? Oh, I haven't even opened it. Yet. Oh my god! I'm like, I'm already on Same. the third sip. <laughs> I'm a little hesitant because it's a double IPA. Well, I could definitely taste the juices in the back of the beer, but I do taste a little bit like a like a sourness at the tip of my tongue, uh, kind of aftertaste, uh, sort of like. Uh, Maybe like a little bit of a rind kind of feel, like at the end of the at the end of the aftertaste. <clears throat> it's it not very smells strong. super I'm... super fruity. It definitely. Oh, it does. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> well, I've been wanting to try this one with you guys because, like, I always like uh, breweries oh, wow. that represent our people of color yeah. and females. As you guys know, we are all about the female brewers out there. So. Um, yeah, I'm pr- pretty excited oh, wow. about this. I don't know what I was expecting because I guess maybe 
Because it's a double IPA. Like, if I'm reading this right, it's a double IPA, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Maybe I'm just so used to um, uh, hazies because we've been we've drank some hazies, but I was expecting this to be more hazier than ah, I see. Yeah. It looks. It's it's pretty. It's not clear, but it's pretty. It's pretty amberish. Let's let's go with that. Yes. Yes. It does have a kind of golden glow. Oh, that's not bad. It's really tasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, uh, really, really excited about this. I really love it when people of color like are in the brewing process, making beers, highlighting our people of color. And I think it's wonderful. It's amazing. Um, I'm really loving the flavor. It's definitely a little bit heavier because it's a double IPA, but you expect that because you know it's a double IPA. But at the same time, it's really refreshing as well with the citrusy kind of back um, taste and kind of like that like um, sour kind of rind feeling in the aftertaste. But it has a lot of different notes to it as, as you keep drinking it. So the first one initially is a little bit powerful, but as you keep drinking it, it kind of mellows out and, the, and kind of softens all the layers of flavor which I'm really loving. Yeah. And what I'm starting to realize as we drink better and better IPAs is that uh, Kristen was right. And uh, just adding hops to something doesn't immediately, one, make it good. And two, make it like, um, uh, I think, like a good beer or something like that. Because it's, uh, I have found that, one, I don't think I like hops that much. So um, um i know that it's needed but this one isn't <laughs> yeah needed. i mean that yeah. it's that hoppy taste at the end that overpowers everything that i think sometimes mm -hmm. uh is the thing that makes a beer not enjoyable but i am super happy to actually learn that that doesn't have to be the case for ipas and so that's mm -hmm. something that i've learned over time with us tasting different beers um, is that not I, all IPAs have to be so like garish in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah garish and, is the word. Yes. And the fact that this one, it being a double IPA, like I can take, I can definitely like taste, but it's not super hoppy. It it blends in well with the flavors that they have here. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Are we actually ready to rate it? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I was taking an extra swig there. And you know what? I think I feel that this one, it can be enjoyed either like cold, but also like as it's mellowing out onto room temperature. I think the citrus, the citrus sugary part of it comes out like after like the fourth sip. So there's like a lot of like layers to this and a lot of like dimension. So I'm going to go Super Saiyan on this. This is Sarah. Wow. Super Saiyan. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Kristen? Well, I'm not I'm not at the Super Saiyan uh, level, but I don't I don't know what to rate it because I think I would rate it um, a four out of five. Um, and we really need to go back with, uh, with our, <laughs> with figuring out what our rating system is, but, um, I would rate it a four out of five, um, which in the olden days, what would that have been? Um, 
a four out of five was I completely already forgot. I think it's, what it's I a full. A full. Yes. yes. I would have I would have rated it a four out of five, which would have been a full because um, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it, but it was also just kind of uh, it was the taste was surprising that it was so fruity, but it just didn't really wow me as much as some of the beers we've recently drank have. And so that's, that's the one downside I think is that I'm comparing it to all the other ones. And we've had some really, really good beers here recently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Valid. Um, I think I'm going to give mine. I'm honestly stuck between a four out of five or a three out of five because this is tasty. Like it's, it's good. Uh, but like Kristen said, it didn't wow me, uh, overall it, I wouldn't not have grabbed it because it still is a double IPA. Mm -hmm. Uh, and just on that basis itself, that immediately knocks it down a tier, uh, to me, like of the stuff that I would like grab or like recommend it wouldn't be like, this wouldn't be my first choice, but it is good. Like it's actually tasty. And I think about taste itself, it's, you know, I'm going to go with a four out of five because the, the taste is like really good. It didn't wow me, but it's, it's tasty. It's nicely layered and nicely flavored. Yeah, guys, that, mm -hmm. that was a good review. I like it. <clears throat> I'd also like to take this opportunity to also highlight the fact that because we really love the fact that there are people of color in the brewery and brewing business, I'd like to take a moment to kind of urge our public to see if they can find it in their hearts to donate uh, or fund um, Beer Thug Brewing Company. He has a we fund. He has an investment in, in the brewing company open out right now campaign. It's at wefunder.com. That's W-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com. And it's a uh, Latin owned, Latino owned, Latinx owned. And it's uh, from a brewer from Compton. So uh, I fe really feel that we need more people that look like us in the brewery um, industry, in the brewing business, in making our beer. Uh, so take a look at that. Uh, again, that's Beer Thug Brewing Company on wefunder.com. And that has been our beer review. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? Well, one of you has to tell us what we're reviewing because I don't have it. <laughs> Pardon me, guys. We are reviewing Onion Skin by Ed Edgar Camacho. Edgar Camacho is, uh, let's see. I'm so sorry. I don't usually do this, which is why I don't. Okay, so here we are. Winner of Mexico's first ever National Young Graphic Novel Award. Woo, that's pretty cool. Rolando's job was crushing his soul. Oh, my God, that sounds familiar. <laughs> and then it crushed his hand, which, I mean, I'm this close to that being familiar as well. <laughs> now he can barely get out of the house, uh, marathoning TV and struggling to find meaning. Nera is a restless spirit who loves to taste everything life can offer. She sleeps in a broken down food truck and can't see any way to make her dreams come true when their paths cross at a rock, rock show the magical night seems to last forever 
Together, they throw caution to the wind, fix up the truck, and hit the road on a wild adventure of biker gangs, secret herbs, mystical visions, and endless possibilities. But have they truly found the spirit of life, the spice of life, or has Rolando bitten off more than he can chew? So that is onion skin, guys. And right off the bat, uh, did you want to say something, Kristen? Oh, I was just going to say that um, I ordered this book specifically because um, the creator is Mexican. And this is the first time that this work has been translated into English. So I thought that was really cool. And um, given that it won the National Young Graphic Novel Award um, and it was Mexico's first National Young Graphic Novel Award, um, really put him onto the map uh, and the forefront of um, uh, comic creators from Mexico. So I thought that was really cool. And we've had this book for quite some time, actually. Mm. Um, it, 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 well, quite some time, probably early 2021 is when I got it. Yeah, I remember getting it like I think. Yeah, I remember receiving it and it looked interesting. And then when I was reading it, I was like, where does this take place? Because I didn't read the back. Right. And I was just like, Same. but I saw like the I saw like the hundred and I was just like, is that yeah. pesos? Is this Mexico? And <laughs> I was just like, and then I had slowly and then I like actually went back and like read it. And I was just like, oh, this is interesting. Um. Yeah, when their breakfast costs one hundred and nineteen dollars, I was like, um, "Hold up, <laughs> hold on!" Like, no, oh, that yeah. was the beer and that was the beer and chips. Oh, okay, yeah, and I was, I was like a hundred. <laughs> I was just fuck? like then one hundred and nineteen pesos. Yeah, yeah. What was I gonna say? It's really funny because earlier I was watching um, uh, Los Spookies. Ooh, I, I love, love that yeah, show. show. Yeah, so I because I got HBO Max and I was watching Los Spookies, oh, and I was them. and I instantly fell in love with it. Like I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I haven't watched this before, and I'm so sad that it's only six episodes. I but, know they're coming back, uh, though. I heard. Anyway, <gasps> yeah, 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 because they ended that first season right as COVID was happening, yes, and so yes. they couldn't do anything. Do anything. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. But you, you gotta get, okay. So the guy, the weird guy, you sh there's like a, a comedy skit that you could see on HBO Go. It's about shapes. You have to okay. see it. He is amazing. I think he's from El Salvador or Guatemala. No me acuerdo. Or Colombia. No. <laughs> the weird one. They're all weird. No, no, no. He's, he's mega weird. I mean, he's like the weirdest one. Anyway, okay. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. But yeah, like I don't. Basically, it was just like, um. It's kind of I forget that like Mexico like has like its own like it, like outside of telenovelas it has a really nice and thriving artistic community mm. oh, uh, yes. and I think you can see this very prominently in uh, Onion Skin and it's really funny because I really felt that like like the hand being crushed and like him slipping and sliding into his like depression because that's exactly how I felt when I was like with my broken arm oh and I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, it was my you. main I writing hand yes. i couldn't like i couldn't really do anything like even now like sometimes i'm i'm still doing stuff initially with my left hand and there is a certain weight limit and i can't fully bend my hand backwards anymore like yeah. it's just it's just it's capped basically mm -hmm. and so every once in a while i would like feel like <gasps> despair and then i'm like yeah. no no despair i gotta move forward uh, so I found that like super relatable. Um, the story in itself is, is interesting. Oh uh, yeah. 
I'll go, I'll go. And I mean, interesting in a good way, but simply because I think we're very used to very Americanized or very Western style of storytelling that when we initially read something that's different, we don't get it or mm. we don't understand it. So I'm definitely going to have to reread this again to try to like, I guess, more linearize it, it as well. Yeah, it definitely my, flip, flips back and forth yeah. in the timeline. Like it'll go forward and then it go back mm. and it'll go forward. I mean, it does that a lot. Mm -hmm. And so... I kind of like I want to go back to reread it for that. But my overall impression of the book is I like it. Uh, I can see why it won an award uh, just for like the the ingenuity in it uh, and the like weird twists that it had. Uh, and it had a pretty interesting opening. So um, um, it, it's good. Yeah. But yeah. My overall general impression is that it's good. You know, uh, this is Sarah and Jen. I totally agree with you. Like I was like at the beginning, I didn't. I didn't I didn't ask myself where where does this take place because I immediately assumed it was like Arizona or something or Texas. Like <laughs> it a looked like town. it. <laughs> like yeah, border town. town. Yeah. Border town. Um, is the, you know how I found out that it wasn't? Because I also did not read the back matter. Mm -hmm. The way I found out that it was from Mexico, it was because when he ordered uh, an extra quesadilla con mushrooms y queso, uh -huh. that's the giveaway. You know why? Because in Mexico, even though you say you want a quesadilla, they do not assume you want cheese in it. I was wondering that. Yes. I'm like, why did he ask with, yes. with, with cheese on a quesadilla? <laughs> I mean, it's in the name, right? Yeah. That's been my argument. My, my cousins and I go on to this argument all the time. Why the hell would you say you want cheese in your quesadilla? It's in the name. Queso, yeah. quesadilla. Yeah. Why doesn't it have cheese? But Mexico and Mexicans uh, up and down swear like you say quesadilla. We do not assume you want cheese in it. So yeah. what's a quesadilla? Just tortilla folded in half? I have no clue. I will not. They don't even know what the. <laughs> I would the not dare time... to order a quesadilla without quesadilla. Well, I mean, first of all, isn't that an American concoction anyway? Uh, I think the burrito is. I don't think the quesadilla is. Anyway. Is it? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Spaniard. Any, in any case, that's how I found out that this was like a Mexican Mexican creator, like the Mexico. okay, not yeah, like not like somebody that was traveled here and published here, and like they published in Mexico, like straight up. And um, I really, really okay. Like at the first three pages, I I had a really bad day, guys, at work. I had a tough week, and so um, you know, uh, planning to record today was like really hard for me, but um when they told me we're reading this book and I finally sat down and opened it in the first four pages, I got a big old smile on my face and I was like, okay, I feel better now. Like this was really uplifting for me until we got mm -hmm. to the part where, <laughs> where he was talking about his job and that <laughs> completely mirrors my exact predicament. I feel so seen in this book. And then the fact that he would break his, that he would go through like physical pain because of a certain thing that he cannot pull off at work. Not that he can't pull it off, like, like uh, working at it. It's just that he needs an excuse to divorce himself from that situation. And that's exactly where I was feeling mentally and emotionally when I read this book. And so like, I was like, man, you know what you streaming 90, 90, uh, 93 episodes of the same series. I'm right there with you, dude. I'm right there with you. The magical realism of like what he sees when he's wait he's sleeping and he's waking. I really love that. 
<clears throat> the artwork itself is just amazing. Uh, I really, I just enjoyed this book completely. Um, at first, I was reading the main character Rolando's uh, dialogue as kind of like a, one of those guys that speak only English, but doesn't speak English very well, speaks it with a very heavy Mexican accent, mm -hmm. sort of like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as it went on, like it just changed for me. Um, I love the dynamic between the freaking tr uh, food truck wars. That was really yeah. great. Yeah, I was just like, "What the hell?" Um, I love how they meet up at uh, like a like a freaking rock concert. That was awesome. I love that whole like magical realism of like the herb that was that was a spice given to her by like a hybrid from her grandmother's garden. I, I love the whole thing. I love the small details in the in the room, like the messiness of it. You know, like the shoes on the floor and the clothes and everything i just love the whole the record player you know it just it just seems like just such a it just envelops you the art just envelops you and i totally just love it like of course you know you look at them like if you just flip through it and they don't come off as latino or mexicanos but as you read them and you read their personalities you definitely are aware that they're mexicanos and um they don't they don't throw little Spanish words here and there, which is interesting, but it's in the background. Um, yeah, it's in the background. It's totally in the background, and that's fine by me. I love it. You know, like they went straight translation on this, and that's cool for me. Um, Los Chilaquiles, I wish I had some right now. <laughs> so good. But um, yeah, overall, this book is really amazing to me. I really love it. The end part where there was like snapshots of their life. Mm -hmm. I love how an artist can convey so much in just picture frames and they complete that in this book. So I love this book. What about you, Kristen? So this book really takes the, the uh, theme of opposites attract, attract uh, opposites attract and kind of plays with that. And um, Rolando, what's her name? Nira? Nera. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nira. She, she's more of the like, uh, happy go lucky, throw caution to the wind, roll a dice and see what happens. Wasn't there a, a, something in there that, that there was a, a sentence where she, he said that something about rolling dice. I can't remember now. Oh I don't my have the God, book with That me. was such a good line too. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Um, well, she's a free and, spirit. And, and that yeah. was such a, that is such a uh, Mexicano thing. Like the way they said it. I mean, I wish you could find it right now, but I'm a little buzzed. Um, but it was basically <laughs> like something that you gain from luck feels so much tastes yes. so much sweeter than something that you worked for that you and, planned for and worked yeah, for yes yeah and that to me sounds like un po proverb de mexicano like uh -huh. totally yeah oh yeah so, that's just that's 100 that's 100 a mexican thing <laughs> um so i really enjoyed seeing how they both um basically affected each other and encouraged each other to kind of be a little bit more like each other. Um, and uh, the character development on both sides um, was really interesting. And just like Sarah, I, um, I definitely identified a lot with Rolando being in a part uh, of life where his job was just sucking his soul uh, from him. And he 
needed to try to do something different, but what he didn't know what, and that's where his depression and stuff came from. Um, when I quit my last job, I probably laid on the couch watching TV for a good year. <laughs> and, and I might really? even be underestimating that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Time to consult Eddie. <laughs> Eddie would come out and he'd be like, what are you doing today? Am I looking at it? And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god how heartbreaking and, and it wasn't until um it wasn't until I started working where he was like we had the opportunity to go work at Heidi Ho and he asked me if I was interested and I'm like I guess I'm not doing anything else it wasn't till that um when I realized I mean reading this book I I'm kind of like identifying that Heidi Ho was my food truck Yes. Um, because yes. I did not have, um, to stress out about all this other stuff that was going on and these, these reports and, uh, bosses just being like super demanding and, and all that stuff, because I was the boss and it was just such a relief. And even though I wasn't making as much money and in this case too, Rolando isn't making <laughs> Uh, as much money. In fact, he is giving all his money to build this food truck and to buy the parts and all this stuff just to put into someone else's dream, not even his own dream, but someone else's dream that he kind of just is gaining energy and like joy from seeing her like be excited be about this. Yeah, yeah. Being happy. Yeah, he's like, I'm investing in purpose. Like, yeah, that's amazing. So I definitely identified with that and could definitely see, um, see myself in both of the characters. And so that really was super, um, cool as far as like really appreciating, enjoying the story, the way that it evolved and the way the characters evolved. And yeah, the, the art was super cool. I really, really, I think we've talked about this before. I really enjoy when, the creator does both the art and uh, the uh, writing because I know that just doing one of those is a huge fucking deal. But when there's somebody who does both and can do both, like that's a lot of talent. Oh, yeah, 100%. And like you were saying, like I completely identified with Rolando, especially at this time. I mean, I just came back from vacation and I've had two days of work in this week and I was requested to do like, generate these reports that I had never done before in the span of like three hours and I still had to do my work on top of that so I ended up working like from 8 30 in the morning until like 8 30 at night one night and then the next day I was just like you know what I'm just not going to do it you guys don't appreciate it mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I just like I did what I had to do and I clocked out and like I said like just reading this book after I clocked out like really like made me smile and I it felt so relatable and, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not weak. Like I really, I mean, I, I have been at this job like for the first employer for the first like 10 years. And then I got hired by the people that do their account for another 10 years. So I basically have worked oh, with the wow. same man, the same man for 20 years. Almost. I did not know you've been in that position for that. Wow. Long. Yeah. So, yeah. and I mean, my, my job has changed and of course I answered to a different boss but I'm still under his thumb and I think on my timeline today it came out that said on my timeline it looks like I'm still such and such as bitch mm. and I was like Ow. damn that is fucking spot on right to the fucking day um 
And I, I, I'm not, I kid you not. Like I came off the plane and I had a tickle in my throat and my nose was running. And I was like, half of me by the time the first day was done after me returning work was like, I hope I have coronavirus. <laughs> because coronavirus is better, better than, than having, having to, to go to work, to work. Yes. oh my gosh yes so you wow know, this is exactly i think how rolando felt mm-hmm. in a, a kind of a different aspect in the story so i felt really seen and i felt it really relatable so um yeah yeah um yeah like i come in swinging at work but uh that doesn't mean that i also don't have my down times or i also don't feel overwhelmed and you know if your if your report is a day late, like I don't even call in sick. The first job I didn't even call in sick for ten years. This other part of the job I haven't called in sick. Uh, okay, so the only t- okay we're go- I'm going to go there. Okay, so the only time <laughs> I got sick on the second part of my job, which I still work for the same person but under a different boss. The only time I took off was when I had a miscarriage, and when I got pneumonia. So oh my goodness. Math. I mean, that is the extreme that it has to come to for me to actually yeah. ask for time off. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not a person that is like, oh, my God, I can't do this work because I do it. I do it mm-hmm. every freaking day. Yeah. But I, I see think- you doing it like I'm I'm myself. I'm just like in awe of how hard you work for these people. Yeah. And it seems for very little gratification. Yeah, man. I mean, taking time off is like, oh, my God, you're going to take time off during the end of the month when you have to close the month. Oh, my God. (laughs) Really, guys? Really? (laughs) Yes, you'll be fine. You'll live. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wait a couple. Can't you wait a couple of days for me? No. Okay, got it. I see where I stand. Anyway, Uh. needless to say, that's how much emotion I felt reading this book. And I just am. I just I don't know if I feel happy or sad that somebody else feels the way that I do. (laughs) and put it in a graphic novel format Mm -hmm. but um i like the ending where you actually find out why it's called onion skin yeah and that was really poetic and almost sort of really like whimsical and just like otherworldly to me it was just really amazing so i think are we ready to rate it guys yeah yeah all right. Well, I guess you guys know where I stand. This is Sarah, and I'm going to give it the whole panaderia. Este, el porquito, el, el cerdito, el, la concha, el, um, el café, el champurrado, todo. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is Kristen, and I really did enjoy the book. In the beginning, I didn't know where it was going, and it, I think it skipped back uh, a time or two before I was like, oh, I see what they're doing now. And I had to go back <laughs> yeah. and, and kind of like reread it and resituate myself in the story. But by the end and the way that it turned out and the way that the characters developed, I really enjoyed the story a lot. I really um, appreciated, like I said, that Edgar Dud Dud Edgar <laughs> did both uh, writing and um, the art and the fact that he was the inaugural winner of this amazing um, YA uh, award that Mexico created is just really awesome and cool. And and he also does uh, some web comics as well. Um, if you wanted to check them out, uh, what are they called? They're called, did I write it down? Let me see. I, it was I, uh, Tira Sin Sentido. Yeah, sensing, Sin Sentido. That's right. Mm-hmm. Senseless Strips. Uh, so um, you can check him out on web 
tunes for free. Uh, if, and I did actually check it out and it's all in Spanish and I did understand a lot of it. So I'd have to go back to the first one to start from the beginning. But given hey. all that, I definitely am giving this book uh, the whole panaderia. Nice. Um, I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia too because it was really good and I really did enjoy it. Uh, we're actually reading the things he actually did the translations himself as well. Oh, really? Yeah, he translated oh, it himself. That, that's I think so that's cool. why the why the um uh, translations come out really really well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, he obviously knows English to a very good extent, or at least um um to to the extent where he can provide very good uh nuanced translations mm -hmm. um um and the original name of onion skin was just the spanish version piel de cebolla mm -hmm. uh, so uh i also enjoyed the ending and how when they explained and everything uh about about why the book was named that way um so yeah the whole panadilla for me it was really good uh, uh edgar camacho you did an excellent job with this. Here, here. All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have the Portland Writing Project Phase One, an initiative to provide a wealth of exceptional creative writing courses and resources free to the public. Oh, cool. Uh, it has, uh, actually, let me first read uh, the little synopsis that they have right here. Uh, it says, brilliant speculative fiction shapes and defines the future. At the Speculative Fiction Literature Foundation, we promote literary equality in speculative fiction through our grants, programming, and more. We envision a world where everyone can find their voice and tell their stories, learning to write successfully. We hope to offer many of the benefits of an MFA program without the often prohibitive cost. Help us make this vision a reality by supporting the Portland Project, an initiative to provide a wealth of exceptional creative writing courses and resources. Uh, so they have uh, three modules planned, uh, module one being about dialogue and voice featuring Nello Hopkinson, module two being about world, world building featuring J. George R. Martin uh, and Kate Elliott. In module three, the editorial proce process featuring Liz Gorinsky. So it's it's like a full foundation uh, featuring this. Uh, they will have interviews uh, from uh, people who have been very prolific in the science fiction, uh, speculative fiction, fantasy uh, kind of uh I guess, writing success, like Silvia Moreno-Garcia, Carrie Doctorow, Paolo uh, Basigalupi, uh, and more. And they're going to have uh, panel discussions with industry people like Neil Clark, the editor of Clark's World, Shayla Williams, the editor of Asimov's, uh, and Lynn Marie Thomas, the editor of Uncanny. So it's a very just looking at it this is this is 100 looks and it looks like it's built exactly like um uh, like a writing course that you would take at a university that's awesome yeah and so right now it's just it's it's uh for three modules but if they exceed their um uh, funding uh and they hit like the stretch a stretch goal of ten thousand, they will uh 
um, uh, create more modules. So at ten thousand dollars, they'll create a six-module course on Black futures. At fifteen thousand, they'll create a six-module course on feminist science fiction, and then it keeps building on from there. So right now, their initial goal is five thousand dollars, and they're currently at oh. four thousand four hundred and nine dollars. Wow! Fifty-seven backers and twelve days to go. So they're very, very close to their to their goal. And at five dollars, five thousand dollars, that's like a community college. Uh, yeah, like almost like a little bit more than a community college, possibly like a Cal State uh, pro, like price range. I uh -huh. want to say because like I'm taking I'm currently taking three summer courses and it's coming out to about three thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, for those three courses. So yeah, like for five thousand dollars, they yeah they're. This is this this is a part of the core, I think, of like the usual kind of like college level uh, education that you would be looking for. That is purposely to be free to the public. Yeah, that's so, like amazing. Yeah. So base pledges. You know, well, of course, you can always pledge uh, at, without expecting a reward for any price. But the base pledge starts at $10, where you can download a unique uh, unique cover art that's kind of like, uh, like just like, it's just a screen. Uh, at $22, you get a year of Photon membership, which is with your backing of $22 or more uh, discounted from the regular $24, you will receive a year of Photon level membership to the Speculative Literature Foundation uh, with encouraging weekly writer emails and a monthly newsletter, uh, plus a digital image download. So it's just a, it's an emailing list as well as um uh, as like advice and like uh like basically like for writers and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's like a subscription service to a magazine. Uh, at $35 or more, uh, you can nominate three podcast guests uh, plus get the membership. Uh, at $45, you get two years of the membership at a discounted rate. And at $60, you can nominate 10 podcast guests as well as get the membership. And it keeps going on from there. If you want early access to the content that they will be rele releasing, you have to pledge at $85 or more. Well, that's a lot. They're really yeah. giving a lot. It's a uh, it's it sounds really interesting. I definitely kind of want to get that uh, photon membership thing. So I'm definitely going to be subscribing to that, and also to just support. I think uh, writing and creative writing is very important, and I don't think people need to have a profession in creative writing. I mm -hmm. think anybody could and should write. Yeah. Uh, if not not for anybody, just for yourself. And yeah. I think that is this is a great way to kind of be able if you ever wonder like oh well how do I write because to me writing has always come easy mm -hmm. like I can shit out a freaking essay in like three hours <laughs> um uh, and get a good passing grade for it yeah but there are people who like can't it's, mm -hmm. they find it hard to find or have, know how to put down their thoughts into words yeah so I think this is a good um uh, resource for that it is the portal on p-o-r-t-o-l-a-n project uh phase one on kickstarter that's what's amazing because i have a lot of journals that, <laughs> that could like really benefit from like editing like an editor yeah I mean, or I'm you sure can learn how to edit yourself it's a very very useful yeah. skill 
I completely agree. That was awesome. Or hire an editor. <laughs> or hire an editor. Thanks, Jen. And now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Well, today we are going to celebrate the fact that it is June 3rd, which means it is Pride Month. Um, and so I wanted to highlight um, Stacked Deck Press. Now, you may remember from back in the day when we read a couple of books that Stacked Deck Press has uh, published in the past. Um, we read We Are Still Here, an all-trans comic anthology. And we also read uh, Prima Hood Magenta, um, which was... Um, published by Stack Deck Press. But Stack Deck Press was founded in 2015 to cultivate diversity and excellence in LGBTQAIU comics publishing. Um, and they released their first publication in 2015, uh, Kelo, I, I, this word, <laughs> book, the first, oh, what a night, uh, Alphabet with which I have, I just don't know where it is, but it's an anthology to commemorate and support the Prism Comics Queer Press Grant. Um, and they debuted at the Queer Comics Expo in 2016. Um, so I wanted to just um, highlight Stacked Deck Press. You can go to Stacked Deck Press, that's S-T-A-C-K-E-D-D-E-C-K-P-R-E-S-S, Dot com and they have a um, store where you can order um, the books that they have there that they've published. Um, there's hardcovers, there's tote bags, there's trade paperbacks, there's coloring books. Um, and uh, it's just an amazing publishing company um, headed by T Tara Avery, um, who uh, is going to be a guest at the Heidi Ho uh, Comics Pride Con on June 25th as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Aren't they going to be at Heidi Ho Comics? Yes. I'm so excited. That's uh -huh. amazing. She's so amazing. She's always at like these conventions with us. Mm -hmm. And um, she, um, I always hear she does really well. And I mean, I love her books. I mean, they, they all like range from a, like a lot of different, like amazing talent. So I really think you guys should check it out. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And Kristen, you have our saludos this time around. I do. We are uh, saludando. A Yehudi Mercado, who is the writer and uh, is he also, I think he's also the, the artist here of Chunky. Um, we read Chunky um, a while back. It's a YA book, um, which is uh, a little bit of a semi-autobiographical book of uh, Yehudi when he was a young child and um, overweight and not really into sports and kind of uh, a little jokester, um, but he always was looked down on that. Well, he has another book, kind of the sequel to the first one called Chunky Goes to Camp. And uh, this is really cool because uh, this book uh, is based on his visits uh, to, let's see, it's the green URJ Green Family Camp. Um, that's where he basically used to go as a child. Um, he went to summer camp at the Green Family Camp. And 
it's all coming full circle because Yehudi has been invited to do an author visit on June 16th and 17th to the URJ Green Family Camp to basically just kind of talk to the campers there about how he became an artist and a writer and how he has written this book now based on his experiences and adventures there at that camp. So I thought that was really cool and definitely deserves some saludos. Shout out to Yehudi. Congratulations on uh, your chunky goes to camp book and on being able to share it with uh, campers who, who knows, might grow up and write comic books of their very own. That is so cool. Um, what was I going to say? So it's you can order it now at your local comic book shop. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, that's so cool. I love I love his books. They're so funny. They're funny and a little sad, but it's you know it's the chunky Latina in me that really enjoys them. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, guys. That is the end of this episode. Where can they find us, girls? As always, you can find us at comadrecomics.com where you will find all the links to all of our social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't, we do have a TikTok, but I don't think that there is anything there for TikTok. Um, oh yeah, no, you do your, it. you do your on El Alibredi, uh, on your radar, on my radar, yeah, from the comic shop from Heidi Ho Comics, which I totally enjoy. I occasionally post like, uh, beer pours and like any times that we do like any um events out there or anything like that like just little little things oh no there. i just meant that i didn't think we had the link on our website yet <laughs> oh no yeah no it's not on our website but just look yeah. comadres comics uh basically this is what you do comadres comics twitter comadres comics instagram comadres comics yeah. tiktok and it'll just pop right up comadres comics on our youtube channel where we do interviews with local comic book creatives um we haven't done an interview yet but the last one we did was with nathaniel osoyo uh, which was successfully kickstarted his uh campaign so um uh, yeah, check that out. There's a lot of a lot of inspirational, uh, motivational, like really amazing interviews there. So like if you want to, or are interested in uh, comic books as creators or writers, editors or artists, definitely check out our YouTube channel because there are a lot of people that have amazing stories uh, onto their journey in the comic books industry. Well, that has been our episode. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.